हाई एवरी वन एंड वेलकम टू टॉक इट आउट विद रुमानी लोग क्या कहेंगे ये तो सुना ही होगा और कभी सोचा भी होगा तो उन लोगों के कुछ सवाल और उनके सुलझे हुए जवाब इस पॉडकास्ट में एवरी मंडे एंड थर्सडे विद अ न्यू एपिसोड कुछ कहानियाँ जो अनकही थी और अनसुनी भी उसको सुनेंगे भी और उसे सीखेंगे भी Hi and welcome back to Talk It Out. Today's episode is about a stigma, about a taboo around infertility. Because when we talk about infertility, uh, couples or individuals who are going through, they doesn't come up with this because they feel it's a private thing for them. It's about privacy for them. So for that, I have Dr. Anjali Rajwestwood. she is a birth worker and she is a tedx speaker too so she has closely worked with individuals and couples going through this so we will learn from her uh, and we'll try to convey a message to couples or individuals that you are not alone and yes this is a difficult uh, journey but you can pass through this this shall pass so over to you anjali she my phd research was on infertility and mental health so that's how my uh, interest in fertility comes from and there's i think to your question there's two sides to it so one side of it is that yes infertility like as the latest one uh, for the indian population at least was one in five and uh, one in five individuals not couples so you know then when you're a couple it automatically it goes up as well now there's two like i said two sides to it being one is we are finding out about it more so there's the rate of diagnosis has gone up so automatically then the reports show that there are more people struggling from it so it doesn't absolutely mean that infertility as a whole has gone up so one side of it is that more and more people are getting diagnosed so we see the start going up okay the second aspect of it is that yes some element of it is also an increasing rise and there's a million factors involved in it um and so yeah it, it is a problem and it is a taboo because for a long time our society kind of had the thing that the whole point of you getting married is to have kids and because of that and it's a behavior on a culture cultural aspect and that's world over that's not just in the asian population that's across the world so there is a fear that if i say i and it's not just infertility even if a couple today decides i don't want to have kids even that is a problem you know relatives family it's not well taken so then when it's infertility there's also issues there's been a lot of research in terms of abuse as well Okay so there's been uh you know women and men both you can have domestic abuse uh you get ostracized by family so there's a lot of negative that comes from talking about infertility so people just decide not to talk about it so rather discussing about that they try to avoid the situation basically. exactly yeah and it, it's sad it, it's really heartbreaking because when i when i did my research and i spoke to a lot of couples about this you it's a very lonely journey because if you can't speak to someone about it 
then you're going through that uh, on your own and it, it is difficult and it is very lonely so you know i constantly try and tell people it's fine to talk about it um it's similar like even about miscarriage now a lot of people are afraid to talk about a miscarriage because they get worried about what people will think about them um and we shouldn't uh so yeah you know if i hope that answered your question but yeah I actually I was wondering so while you we were talking about this so there is a myth like ultimate happiness for a woman is being a motherhood like a journey of motherhood so uh, so sometime a female actually feel very reluctant to say, speak about infertility because she thinks like I would be misjudged I would be uh, like my parents would not understand even in a asian society parents should not even understand this part yeah. so uh, we have this uh, tantra mantra that we will start with this tantra mantra we will go with all this uh, thing, but we will not go for seek for the medical help and there's two again i'm, I'm just going to break that question into two in the sense one is of course the whole joy aspect of it you know motherhood is difficult it is hard work and you know people like to talk about the good sides of it no one talks about the bad sides of it um you know physically and emotionally for the couple for the lady it's not all you know a bed of roses where oh i have a very cute kid and you know i my identity is changed i think first of all we need to start looking at the fact that a woman has her own identity whether she is a mom or she is not she has her own identity when she becomes a mother that joins her existing identity it's not that who she was in the past doesn't exist anymore and the moment we start looking at it from that way you realize that people derive joy from different things now some people might have happiness from going out for a hike you know some people might get happiness from traveling for some it might be sitting at home and reading a book now why do we attach happiness to a kid whereas having a kid is very difficult you know it's hard work you're constantly a caregiver till the kid becomes self sufficient you're all the time on watch you're all the time on alert you very rarely get time to have a peaceful shower but then there's this notion that women aren't happy till they have kids so i think I mean that for starters we need to break that i mean that joint managing an infant so i better understand the other yeah. side of the mother you know and I, i'm i'm not saying that you should not have kids it's everyone's personal choice i would love to have a kid someday uh, in fact i i talk about this openly so i don't mind saying this uh, last month i went through a miscarriage and it was hard it was very i am from this industry i know it happens it was still very difficult for me because you know i do want to have a kid and i do want to have that but i'm not under any assumption that that's going to be my sole source of happiness yes and i think we don't tell women to have their own identity and have what they like to do and you know have a life um we are often said told uh, especially you know a lot of families growing up you tell the girls that your thing is to keep others happy you yes. know have you done this have you made others happy but we need to start thinking that every person needs to be happy for themselves before because if you are not in a good place you can't take care of someone else and i think that's something we need to talk about more yes yes we should be first like in a good space uh, like how um, it's on our flight like you should first take your oxygen mask then help the others so exactly. it's the same life also so yeah 
but in some countries like asian countries as you said but i have believed that women failing to have a child is even more stigmatizing yes. like uh, why so because i believe it's like being a mother is all over the world it's like everywhere but being in an asian country it's more stigmatizing why it is it's actually i'm going to flip that a little is also because it's a woman now 40% and this is actual stats 40% of all infertility across the world that are reported so i'm not even saying absolute so this is what is reported is male infertility but if a man can't get a woman pregnant he isn't stigmatized he isn't ostracized to a great extent i'm not saying men don't struggle men do you know i've had i've worked with fathers who have struggled a lot but from a generic societal perspective if a woman can't have children she's seen as damaged goods but yeah. if a man can't have children no one has a problem with that yeah. you know it's like oh, you know and like i said i'm going to emphasize that this is reported stats when yeah. i did my phd and i was talking to doctors and i was talking to couples on the ground they said that men refused to get tested so they okay. say test my wife sort her out so they come for a couple appointment the general attitude is test my wife give her the medicine we'll do whatever needs to be done but i'm fine i'm not going to get tested then what is what if the woman is fine they still want the treatment so and this is you know of course i can't identify where the doctor or where this was where this happened but this was an actual doctor in my research who told me that they they went through infertility treatment and did ivf and all of that because the father refused to get himself tested the mother was fine but they still did ivf because she couldn't get pregnant but the father refused to accept that it could be his fault okay so and in a family situation it was the mom getting blamed that why did you marry this girl because she can't give you children yes it's true so that's how you know it 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 freaks my head out but that's the ground reality and till that changes nothing's going to change yeah because still it's like if i say it's about we, we have developed and we have came so far but still there is a uh, women are seen in a different way like yeah id male dominating society is the society is still a male dominating society if we have uh, women entrepreneurs we have uh, people who are ruling the countries like india is also uh, India's president is a woman, but it's a male-dominating society. So where women are blamed very easily, and for good deeds, men are uh, like applauded very easily. So uh, talking about that, I have also seen like um, doctors saying women or a girl not to have a bad lifestyle that has like taking a uh, alcohol or something uh, like that. So. is it a bad lifestyle somehow um, interlinked with the infertility stuff lifestyle is a part of it it's not only that so uh, just in a very easy way i'll explain this so infertility can happen due to three things mm-hmm. overall okay so it could be one it could be a physiological um issue with the mother so you know where you have things like blocked ducts and i i don't want to go clinical here so i'm just going to say so if there's physically in the reproductive system there is a challenge with the mother so that's one the same is then with the father because it could be low sperm count it could be that the sperm's not healthy there's a lot of reasons that it could be the father then you have a blanket called unexplained infertility okay. and that is the largest segment in a way 
Okay. Now, unexplained is all your tests are normal, but you're not getting pregnant. So okay. that's unexplained. A lot of unexplained infertility is lifestyle related from a stress aspect. Okay. So, and we can't deny that over the last few decades, our lifestyle across the world, we are more stressed than we ever were. Work is stressful, life is stressful, and everything around us. And you know, you've seen my TED talk. I kind of emphasize on this and that. So. the unexplained bit is something that we can help with by um you know because so our body's hormones so you have the stress hormone and then you have your hormones that help you get pregnant and this is male and female both both can't coexist so if one mm-hmm. goes up the other goes down so it's like a seesaw okay. so one of the reasons why you can you if people go ahead and make lifestyle changes like you know get out in the fresh air some more go for holidays you know work a little bit less than you usually do the reason doctors tell you to do that is because that actually reduces your stress which means that your body is in a position to say that okay i am healthy to grow a child hmm. and the frustrating bit is people tell this to the mother not the father whereas the father is equally important One of the things a lot of people don't know is that you know in a ba- in a boy when the baby is growing you have the placenta right which is the source of nutrition for the baby. Yes. Most of the placenta is made out of the father's genes. Oh. So a lot of the times things like uh, and this is very early day research so you can't like say that is the only cause but if a placenta fails it could be because of the father's sperms it could be Yes. And this is something that's recently come out and there's a lot of research now happening on the placenta and the link to the uh, parent. But you know, if some if there's a man who smokes a lot, his sperm count will fall. Mm. So why don't we tell the father to get healthy while we are telling the mother lose weight, do this, do that, do this and we completely avoid the fact that if the father is not healthy, even if the mother is the fittest person on the planet, she won't get pregnant. Yes. Uh, yeah, that is how. But we objectify the woman, woman's exactly. lifestyle. We actually objectify their lifestyle compared to a man's lifestyle. We don't yeah. actually see uh, what the other uh, partner is doing because that's. Uh, I have seen people doesn't come up the couples who are actually struggling with this. So they doesn't come up with this because sometimes they feel that uh, this might affect their relationship because yeah. this does actually this does a relationship affection because. because of family pressure like it does, we, it does affect them so they don't come up with this so do you think we should educate a a girl, like be it a man or a be it woman in the early stages before this before Definitely. the um in fact i was having a conversation about this to a colleague yesterday afternoon on the fact that you know people decide to get pregnant without mm. having an idea of what the journey can be like for example you know the whole one in five can be um, infertile or the fact that 20% uh, 25% of all pregnancies successful pregnancies end up in a miscarriage or the fact that you know every month you try and get pregnant you only have a 20% chance of conception um these are information that people don't have before they start getting pregnant so then how do we 
expect people to have a positive mental health when they didn't know to expect this if let's say there's a couple and they know that okay you know what we're going to try getting pregnant and every month there's only a 20% chance that we'll actually succeed yes. even after 6 months yes you'll be a little upset that you haven't got pregnant yet but you're not going to be at that level of i'm not good enough my body is not good enough because you know that even if you're healthy you don't have more than a 20% chance of getting pregnant and a lot of this comes from the fact that sex has been spoken about culturally in a very taboo perspective and you from a young age you know when they're adolescents or teenagers or whatever and this is sex education worldwide even in the west the fear is if you have sex you will get pregnant yeah. so then when people want to have kids their first assumption is oh if we have sex for a month we'll get pregnant in the first month yeah. reality is far different so that education gap even amongst the most educated is rock bottom until that changes we are constantly going to have taboos we are going to have mental health issues it's just going to get worse yes because uh, this is disturbing actually for a couple or for a mother who is trying to uh, because as you spoke about the mental health it affects the mental health because somehow down the line, uh, line she would get affected by yes. this because societal pressure the family pressure and people around because uh, what happens uh, when she's trying to get pregnant she will only see the pregnant ladies around her because this happens she will get uh, get to see only pregnant ladies around her so these things are disturbing so uh, when i see like people talk about a woman like uh, pointing out a woman saying you are a very thin girl you are a, like mm. about body size and they are linking this to infertility so i have also seen this so uh, what's your uh, take on this like body size and infer- infertility body size as a whole has nothing to do with infertility but healthy lifestyle does mm. and there's a difference yeah. you can be and this is some this i also know from personal experience because i've always been on the healthier side and for a range of medical reasons as well i've never been what they call an ideal figure ever but, but and i have colleagues and friends who look like they're probably models in a magazine you know externally if we compare our blood reports in a blind aspect without identifying who's who it will look like my reports my sugars and cholesterols and all of that are theirs and theirs are mine because we have a and this is a big problem where we look at someone and say if they're on the larger side they must be unhealthy yeah. but yes. actual health in theory has nothing to do with size so if you are active you your body your sugars your cholesterols and all of that is under control whether it's through activity it's through diet doesn't matter how and it's wholesome and balanced then you can then it doesn't impact fertility but if you are let's say picture perfect size but you've never exercised you can't even walk a mile without huffing and puffing you have a horrible diet all of that then you will struggle so when you look at it that way external image or external outlook has nothing to do with what's happening inside your body yes there are a lot of people who externally look large and have an unhealthy lifestyle and yes they will struggle as well so when we look at who struggles with infertility what matters it what what goes on inside inside so you never judge someone looking at okay they are a heavy couple so probably they'll struggle they probably will get pregnant the first time they try you never know yes 
because mostly the, actually it is objectifying to a person who is very lean and thin like uh, i can say uh, like so who has a very good uh, as you said model like structure or something so they would objectify it like uh, she would get uh, difficulties while getting uh, while trying to conceive or she will face difficulties difficulties but without knowing what is inside the body people try to objectify this so which is also meant horrifying thing it, it so, is very uh, hard and it plays on especially because this is something i've when i did my research uh, some of my part, uh, participants of women who took place told me is it even starts when they get married so you know when a marriage proposal comes and all of that mm-hmm. people start talking about whether this girl can have kids even mm-hmm. before they're married yeah. and you know you don't want to be in that position because you're you're kind of being treated as an object rather than an actual individual so it starts very early and like you're right the pressure from family the pressure from peers and you you know oh your sister in law got pregnant within 2 months why are you taking so long and all of those conversations are very very demeaning to the mother like if you ask me i think how a person gets pregnant and when a person gets pregnant should not be anyone's business except that couples exactly but even try telling they, that to people they laugh at you yeah even if they don't want yeah that is also uh, yeah so, exactly of course a lot of couples don't want to have kids and that's absolutely fine that's yes yes because more of the people doesn't want that responsibility because that's a huge responsibility yeah. that's not just uh, like you said the uh, roses on the bed it's just a huge responsibility because it is something which is going with you which is being with you forever yeah. so you cannot drop not just okay fine i had the fun of having a child i will leave the child now so that you can't do so uh, while talking about infertility so there are a lot of treatments yes so even if some people speak about that and they seek medical help and say so they go for the treatments but there is a misconception up in their mind like is it successful will it be successful so how effective this treatment is so there are a range of treatments to begin with so it can be as simple as uh, you know artificially inseminating the woman you know because her eggs may be fine but maybe the sperm has low motility so you have to IVF where it's a test your baby effectively with the mother the father or donors the range depends from 10% to 70% effectiveness which i know is not very helpful because 10% and 70% are like pretty much the whole spectrum the reason is just like pregnancy success of any fertility treatment depends on the individual's health the health of the egg the health of the sperm the environment the stress hormones the factors that affect success are so many that you cannot come up with one you know kind of okay this is the success rate of this i know hospitals and people love to brag about okay if you go there you have a 90% success rate i'm sorry but research has proved that's wrong uh it is very very dependent on individual people and there's a reason also why a lot of fertility clinics tell you okay you need to lose weight before you do your fertility treatment you need to do this you need to do that and that's because they're trying to reduce those variables it's not always works and it's all not always the best thing but it's about trying to impact that variable because if you're getting hormonal stimulation if you're getting all of that and you're struggling yourself it kind of just everything becomes like a big hitchy basically yeah. so you need to kind of try and maintain those factors and fertility treatments work if 
one of the ways it works is if it is you know what the problem is and then you can find a treatment that solves that problem so if a mom is not ovulating then you get a donor egg and you use it if the father's sperm is not strong enough like motility wise then you can inseminate so it but it goes down to finding what the core problem is if it's unexplained then you don't know why you're not getting pregnant then the success of infertility treatments also vary because if you don't know what you're trying it's like shooting in the dark right you don't know what you're trying to solve in the bush yes yeah so uh, that's how because there is lots of myths around it like uh, this will affect the child this will affect yeah. the birth and uh, this will affect the child after the birth so there are a lot of myths around it so uh, do you believe it like it is rightly say that or what is your take like so what's your one, thought one of the things is of course with fertility treatments you're more likely to have multiples so twins and triplets and that's because they always overstimulate to make sure that at least one of them survives so in the early stages and sometimes it just goes on to twins or triplets so that's definitely that and if you're having a twin or a triplet pregnancy then that automatically to some extent increases your but you know i wouldn't say risk because risk is a very scary word but you know your pregnancy is a little bit more you need to have a bit more touch contact with your medical provider because if you're having multiples then sometimes that can lead to some issues um, not always a lot of moms have perfectly normal multiple pregnancies but it's one of those things that's you know you kind of keep an eye on um but in terms of long term impact of babies who are born through fertility treatments as of now there's no research to say that they are worse or for there's a problem um but then also if you look at medical research from the you know since fertility treatments have become very common we haven't actually seen those kids grow on into adults and grow old yet okay so maybe in another 50 years time when we have a lot of kids who are born through um what do you say uh, fertility treatments then we might probably know if there But- is a long term impact but as of now there's not much research to say that there's something bad with it yeah because that's what there is no research to say about this but this is a myth around this it is in, it's because family doesn't allow you to go for that treatment like no there is a risk for you there is a risk for the baby would be like uh baby before birth baby after birth so there is a developmental phase so there is lot of things they speak around yeah. this speak around the treatment around this so last one thing i'll mention in terms of the whole um treatment and taboo and all of that you also have the other extreme and this is what i came through in my research is that there are couples going for fertility treatment 3 months after they get married because in 3 months they have not had kids they have not gotten pregnant whereas the diagnosis for infertility says that you need to have been trying at least for a year but, but there are couples going for fertility treatments 3 months after getting married 6 months after getting married and that's scary because they are perfectly healthy individuals who should not be getting artificial treatment till they have at least tried for a year so that's another flip side where there are too many people going for treatment because i what i have seen like through uh, even I, my studies like the treatment is very uh, painful for the lady for the yeah, woman she undergoes with a lot of pains while the, the treatment goes on so and there are a lot of expectations also she had yeah. a lot of expectations so 
the failure of expectations leads to the mental pressure so there are a lot of things so as you said like 3 months it was a, uh, not a good decision for the couple who had been through that and lastly i just wanted to know from you because as the time constraint for me so i just wanted to know like how do you believe like how to educate this like as we had this discussion because but we cannot reach to the rural areas we cannot educate them so what's your thought in this like how can we educate others to the people who are conceiving or trying to conceive or who are just married mm-hmm. or uh, what your thought like, like rather than objectifying a woman yeah. we should educate the woman it you need to kind of look at information like we call it health promotion health promotion has to be seen from a very multifaceted view because one thing that works for one segment won't work for everyone else so for example if you're talking about educated people working in corporates then you can think of you know workshops over there or but then if you're looking at rural areas we already have asha workers who go after birth or during pregnancy to help with checks and blood pressures and all but they need we need to look at a way where they go before when you know and then you start it's about targeting different aspects differently because one way of thinking will not solve it uh i i personally feel that education in terms of all of this should start when kids are in school um because that's when you can kind of you need to tackle this early there's no point in being like okay once someone gets married i'll tell them what's the point um yeah. you know or why wait till then you, you know you need to start early so i think education in schools is a one of the and it's worked in there are places where they've tried uh school based education and it does work then you have universities and because people don't talk about this because sex is a taboo so you don't want to talk anything related to sex and then becomes pregnancy contraception everything around it no one wants to talk about it education gets affected yes exactly so we need to first of all break that aspect that you know what if you're a teenager you should know about contraception you should know about all of this because what if that teenager decides to get sexually active i'm not saying all teenagers will but information needs to go early on i think at school level at least we should start like thinking about um having this part of curriculum from a health education perspective and not just this a lot of other stuff but yeah Yeah, a lot of other stuffs related to, uh, as you said, the sex uh, related to many other reproductive system. Because we don't actually, when we talk about infertility, that is a part which which people are uncomfortable about talking. So, uh, lastly, I just want to say, like, infertility should come out of the closet now. It's yeah. a uh, we are developing and the mindset are developing. We are in a right education. So, I believe infertility should not be taboo anymore. and i hope we have reached the audience or we will reach the audience through our podcast also so that they will get to know like what is the taboo around infertility and thank you thank you for thank you once again for coming and we hope to connect i hope to connect with you again uh, shortly with some other topic and because i believe you have been working as a birth worker so that would be a great help for me and for my audience to learn from you thank you so much i've had a great time being on this live and yes happy to do you know have more conversations uh, so thank you so much i look forward to the podcast as well yes thank you thank you for See the time bye to usi ke sath ye silsila sawalon ka aur jawabon ka jari rahega till then stay tuned
or reach out to us on our insta page that is talk.itout i will spell that for you that is t a l k dot i t o u double t और तब तक के लिए हमारे पॉडकास्ट सुनते रहिए